Welcome to Anti-Aging Insights, where age is a state of mind and aging is a treatable condition. And now, here is your host, Dr. Terry Fisher. Hello there, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. As you know, we are in the middle of a mini-series where we are talking all about the different muscles that we can treat with neuromodulator. And when I talk about neuromodulators, I'm talking about brands like Botox, where we can use those to soften the lines on the face. Well, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, then please go back and listen to those. I spoke about the procerus muscle initially, which is the muscle right smack in the middle of your eyebrows. And then I talked about the corrugator muscles, which are the pair of muscles that are essentially along the eyebrows. And those muscles work together along with the procerus to help to create the lines known as the 11s in the middle of the eyebrows. Today, I want to talk about the frontalis muscle. And this muscle is the big muscle that sits right over your forehead. And so that is the topic of today. However, before I get to that, I want to wish a special happy birthday to Dina Wang, our amazing nurse injector here at Anti-Aging, a medical laser in Vancouver who celebrated her birthday just recently. And uh, Dina's amazing if you haven't met her. So check out her Instagram stuff as well. Dina Wang and happy birthday to you. Okay, so today let's get into talking about the frontalis. Just like the other uh, two weeks that we talked about muscles, I'm going to talk a little bit about what the muscle is, where it sits, how it functions, and all of the fun stuff that we can do with neuromodulators to help treat that muscle. Okay, so to start us off, let's talk a little bit about the anatomy of the frontalis. Now, as I mentioned, the frontalis is a muscle that sits on the forehead, and the fibers of the muscle run up and down, meaning when they contract, they shorten the the area between the top of your forehead and your eyebrow, essentially pulling up on your eyebrows. So how does that work? Well, one side of the frontalis, the upper border of the frontalis muscle, is attached to a type of tough tissue called the epicranial aponeurosis. Now, I know that's a fancy word or fancy words, but what that means is that it's attaching to a very tough, fibrous type of tissue close to the skull itself. As you work your way down through the frontalis muscle towards the eyebrows, it actually attaches to the skin of the eyebrow and the forehead. And again, what that means is that when the muscle contracts and the fibers are running vertically, it pulls the eyebrows up. That is the big key. Of everything that I said with regards to the anatomy, what's important is the way that the muscle functions and the function of the frontalis muscle is to raise your eyebrows. When you raise your eyebrows, and you can do this by looking in a mirror, when you raise your eyebrows, you will see that you develop horizontal lines across your forehead. Now, different people will develop these horizontal lines in different areas as people have different shaped frontalis muscles. There are a couple of different types. Some of the main types would be a frontalis muscle that runs directly across the entire forehead. And you would typically see this because when you raise your eyebrows, you're gonna get horizontal lines that run right across the entire width of the forehead. You can also have an orientation where your frontalis muscle is almost like in two pieces. So you've got one on the left side of the forehead and one on the right side of the forehead. And in this case, what you may see when you raise your eyebrows is that 
There's not a lot of lines right in the center of the forehead, but you see lines on both the right and the left sides of the forehead. And this would be an indication that you have this type of orientation. This is very important because when you go to treat the frontalis muscle, we need to know where to put the neuromodulator. Now, there are other types of frontalis muscles as well, but these would probably be the two most common ones that uh, we can talk about. Now, the frontalis muscle, as I mentioned, it helps to raise the eyebrows. The key thing here is that the frontalis muscle is in fact the only muscle that raises the eyebrows. And this is very, very important. The reason for that is if you overtreat the frontalis, or if you treat the frontalis with neuromodulator in a location that isn't ideal, you have now weakened the only muscle that raises your eyebrows, and you can end up with what's known as a brow ptosis, or a lowering or weakening of the eyebrow to the point that it actually droops. And this is one of the complications of treating the frontalis muscle, particularly for those that are a little bit less experienced, because you may not be aware of the subtleties here. I believe that treating the frontalis muscle is actually one of the more challenging muscles to treat when it comes to treating with neuromodulator because there is so much subtlety in where you place the neuromodulator and the different orientations as I talked about and trying to avoid the brow ptosis or the brow drooping. The other thing about treating the frontalis is that it is in a constant tug of war, if you will, between the brow depressors, meaning the muscles that pull the brow down, and the frontalis itself, which pulls the brow up. Which means that if you only treat the frontalis, which is pulling the brow up, and you do not treat the brow depressors that are pulling the brow down, then essentially you have weakened the frontalis, and you have not weakened the depressors, and there is a higher likelihood that you will cause that brow ptosis or the drooping of the eyebrow. This is why when you treat your frontalis muscle, you should always be treating the procerus and the corrugator muscles, which I spoke about over the last two weeks, because you want to balance that tug of war. The other aspect of treating the frontalis muscle, and again, this is one of the reasons why I think this is one of the more challenging muscles to treat, is that depending on where you place the neuromodulator in the muscle, you can cause spocking of the eyebrow. Spocking of the eyebrow is a peaking of the eyebrow, and it comes from the reference to Star Trek. That's why we call it spocking. But essentially, that is a peaking of the eyebrow, where the eyebrow looks more triangular and points up in the middle of the brow and then goes back down. Some people like to have a little bit of a peaking of the brow. Some people prefer to not have that. But this is something that's very important to communicate with your injector. And hopefully your injector has experience in knowing how to inject a frontalis muscle to either allow the spocking or not allow the spocking. Finally, the other thing that's very, very important about treating the frontalis is that there is an area where we do not want to inject. And this can be very important to explain to a client because those that have shorter foreheads, meaning the distance between the eyebrow and the hairline is quite small, it is actually a little bit harder to treat those people because there's not a lot of room for error essentially. If you put those injections too low in the frontalis, there is a higher likelihood that you end up with that 
eyebrow drooping. Those that have a larger distance between their eyebrows and the hairline are a little bit easier to treat because there is more of that room to put the neuromodulator. However, what I will say, and I always tell my clients this, is that if you have horizontal lines that are lower down, close to the eyebrows, those are extremely hard to treat and those are a high risk area to treat because if you put neuromodulator too close to the eyebrow, that is when you have the highest risk of having a brow droop. And so I always have that discussion. There is an area that I feel is the safe area to inject. There is an area that I feel that is the not safe area to inject. And I always uh, communicate that and I can let you know based on what I believe we can achieve and so that you have the appropriate expectations when we are treating the brow. Having said all that, once we come up with a plan, we do a number of injections of neuromodulator across the brow, depending on everything that I've talked about already, whether you want to have a little bit of a uh, spalking or not, whether you want to have a little bit of a brow lift or not, the shape of the horizontal lines, how strong they are, how deep they are, where they are, the shape of the forehead, the length of the distance between the uh, eyebrows and the hairline, all of these things come into play when assessing the forehead lines. And so we come up with a plan. I then do a number of injections across the frontalis based on our discussion. These are done with a tiny needle, a, an insulin syringe in fact, and we use a number of units across the forehead based on what you want to achieve. Again, as always, it takes a couple of days for you to see the effects and about a week to 10 days for the neuromodulator to fully kick in. One other thing that I also take into account is the type of neuromodulator because depending on the type of neuromodulator, although they all essentially work by relaxing the muscle, there are subtle differences between them. And so that may influence where and how much I choose to inject as well. So as you can see from this discussion, there's a lot that goes into treating the frontalis muscle. It's something that is a challenge. It's something that I really enjoy. And I like really bringing in, particularly in treating this muscle, the art and the science, because you have to understand the science of how the neuromodulators work, but you also really have to understand the artistry about designing where to put that neuromodulator, particularly for the frontalis, when there are so many factors that go into play. I hope that is helpful for you. And I will say that treating the frontalis is one of the more common areas to treat. By and large, I would say the frontalis, the procerus, and the corrugatus, which were the first three topics of this mini-series, are the most common to treat, along with the orbicularis oculi, which we'll speak about next week. So if you are interested in learning more about getting a neuromodulated treatment for yourself, please feel free to reach out to me. You can always contact me at antiagingvancouver.com on my own website at drterryfisher.com or on my Instagram at drterryfisher. As always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Anti-Aging Insights. Stay tuned to discover more of the latest news, treatments, technologies, and developments in non-surgical cosmetic and anti-aging medicine. For more inspiration, to access the show notes or to book an appointment with Dr. Fisher, Dr. Frame, or any of the other anti-aging professionals, please visit our website at antiagingvancouver.com. Until next time, stay inspired and live life well.